Welcome to the Grown and Vegan Life Podcast. I am your host, Deetta Rohde. I am a breast cancer survivor and vegan health and wellness coach. I remove barriers for individuals who desire to transition to a vegan lifestyle or recover from illness. I believe that God created us to be healthy, and when we give our body what it needs and have the correct mindset, we can achieve and maintain optimal health. On this podcast, we talk about being vegan from the perspective of being healthy, and we take a deep dive into the other areas of our lives, like relationships, money, and mindset. The ultimate goal is to be whole and to experience joy in our lives, not just our eating. So we look at both practical and spiritual ways to experience optimal health. The main thing to remember is that nothing in this show is meant to replace medical advice from a trained professional. I am sharing my experience and the experience of my guests. Please use wisdom and take what you feel will work for you. Now, let's get started with today's episode. Hello, everyone. I wanted to take just a moment to officially introduce my guest for today's podcast. In the midst of our conversation, I absolutely forgot to ask her for her contact information and share ways that you can reach out and connect with her. So I wanted to take this time to go ahead and do that because trust me, after you listen to this episode, you are going to want to connect with my guest for today. My guest for today is Mika Davies. Mika is a motivational speaker, goal coach, and the founder of Sisterhood University. She is also a breast cancer survivor who incorporated a vegan diet into her treatment. You can connect with Mika on Instagram at the goal matchmaker. You can find her on Facebook at Mika Davies, and her last name is D-A- V-E-A-S, or you can find her at her website at www.thegoalmatchmaker.com. Okay, good afternoon. Hello. Sorry about that. I was trying to figure it all out. It's, it's quite okay, but I'm glad you're able to get on. Thank you so much for agreeing to do this interview. I'm excited. Me too. Me too. It's been a minute since I've done an interview. So it's really nice to actually talk with you and meet you per se. I know we're Facebook friends, but just um, being able to meet you online. Okay. Well, Mika, thank you for joining me again. Welcome to the Grown and Vegan Life podcast. I was very intrigued when you shared with me that you have used a plant based diet. And so I have not run across um, many people who have been through the journey of breast cancer who have adopted that um, lifestyle. Um, so that really intrigued me. And I just, I knew that I really wanted to talk with you about that. So I'm, I'm glad that you're willing to share that with me and with my audience. And so I would just like for you to introduce yourself and share what you do now and what your life was like when you were initially diagnosed with breast cancer. 
Absolutely, Diana. Let me first say thank you for having me. Um, second thing is, uh, my motto is I've never met a stranger. So even if I met you on the street, I probably would have struck up a conversation with you. <laughs> and so same thing with social media, even though it's social media, you kind of have to vet people and see if they are who they say they are. Um, but it is definitely a pleasure to be here. So once again, my name is Mika Davis. I am a goal coach. Um, and I run an organization called Sisterhood University, um, where we offer a platform for women to be heard, uh, healed, and empowered. Um, and that's a whole nother conversation, a whole nother day. Um, but back in 2019, um, I worked for GE. Um, so I live in Atlanta, Georgia. I am a mother of two wonderful boys, Austin and Dallas. And G the company GE brought me to Atlanta. Um, when I got there, everybody seemed like had a side hustle or had a small business. And most of my friends and colleagues were engineers. So I'm like, well, should I be doing something else besides just working the <laughs> nine to five? Um, yeah. We make a good salary, but um, but I learned that everybody was bringing in additional streams of income because they were very intentional about everything they were doing. Um, so I'm like, okay, what is something that I'm I'm good at? I'm good with with coaching people and talking to people. So I moved into uh, on the side. Uh, small business consulting, helping people with marketing and um, giving them different ideas and ways to pivot with their business. Um, but in 2019, I was laid off and I just decided to take my business full time. Um, but right before my cancer diagnosis, um, I was beginning to take a pivot because what I did learn in the process was that I did not like implementation. I love the mm. consulting part, but the implementation was just very taxing. And um, I think when it comes to social media and marketing, a lot of people don't understand the work that is put into that creation. Therefore, that tends to be the first thing to go on their budget. Like, oh, I, I really don't need this. Um, so then I was kind of moved into just consulting and coaching. Um, and I had gotten in a sweet spot and was really enjoying coaching um, small business owners and those who were looking to get into entrepreneurship, um, coaching them on their goals. So I consider myself a goal coach. So I'm a goal matchmaker. Mm -hmm. Well, it was uh, in the end of May, um, I was actually leaving from visiting my mom. Um, and I noticed some breast pains, but I just thought, I, you know, I had recently started drinking coffee socially and a girlfriend says, oh, I have um, fibrotic breast uh, or tissue in my breast. So when I drink coffee, it hurts. So I just assumed that's what was going on. Um, so it was the end of May. I was laying in bed and I got up about 5 a.m. And I heard something say, give yourself a breast exam. And I was like. Uh, like that's what my gynecologist does every year, you know, when I go and then I get my mammograms every year. So I just thought it was very, very odd because honestly, you know, when you're a teenager and they tell you to do these things, you really don't know what you're looking for. So you kind of just stop doing it um, <laughs> on your showers. So this particular time I paid attention and I'm so glad I did because I gave myself a breast exam and I felt this huge lump that literally felt like it appeared out of nowhere. So I called my primary doctor 
and she, I could hear the concern in her voice, so I knew something was wrong. So she told me to immediately schedule a mammogram, and I was confused because I had just had a mammogram three months prior. Mm-hmm. So I go and I get the mammogram, and they say, yes, there's there's something there, so we're going to send you for a biopsy. And the entire time, I was like, oh, it'll, it'll be fine. You know, it's nothing there, because they, they've said that before. Mm-hmm. Well, this particular time, they call me back after the biopsy, and I was getting ready to eat something not so healthy, <laughs> and I'm not getting paid for this advertisement, but Doug Donuts is my favorite donut spot because they oh. make them fresh to order. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> so I literally had just gotten my order. I was getting ready to take a bite, and I got the call from my doctor, and she said it was breast cancer. Oh. Uh-huh. And I literally froze and I didn't know what to say. And uh, so the first person I called was my mom. And mm-hmm. when she answered the phone, um, I said, mom, there's something I need to tell you. And she's like, okay. And I couldn't get it out. I just, mm-hmm. I sat there. And so then she's like, okay, you're scaring me. Like, are you in the accident? Is it the boys? Like what's going on? And I literally could not even form my lips to say what I had just heard. Yeah. And I finally got it out. And she said, they need to do another biopsy. But, you know, that's not real because it doesn't run on either side of my family. Cancer, period. Mm. And, um, and that was the day, June 3rd, 2020. It changed my life. As if COVID wasn't enough. <laughs> Oh my goodness. And you know, it's so crazy because as I'm listening to your journey, because we both have the same type of breast cancer. Mm -hmm. And so I, around the same time in 2019 was when I discovered a lump and I had the same response of, oh, you know, this is not it didn't even occur to me that this was something to be concerned about. So it just listening to your story is just, it, it, I just see myself in a lot of that. And it's crazy as well as, you know, just had a, just had a mammogram, you know, in mm-hmm. October. And then I discovered the lump in April um, of the following year. So it, it's, I think that that type of cancer does go very quickly. It, it just kind of sh- comes out of nowhere it seems like it comes out of nowhere yeah that's what it felt like I'm like okay the lump that size and what I found out was the reason it was so large it was two of them side by side so it made it appear extremely large but then you know your mind goes back to you know well what was I doing how did I get it and Mm -hmm. um and for me, I, I ate really healthy. I, I worked out. I was a pescatarian. Um, so I was very, very um, aware of what I was eating. It, besides that, don't judge me on the donut day. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. <laughs> so I have donut day every third <laughs> Sunday of the month. Um, but um, I, I was very aware of, I only drink water. I'm not a soda drinker. Um, don't smoke, you know, just a really healthy lifestyle. So I was really trying to figure out where did this come from? How did this happen? And to this day, I still don't, I don't have an answer for that. Mm. Yeah. Because I took the BRCA test and it's not 
it's not in my genes. And so, um, but I am grateful that I caught it at stage three. Um, okay. So, yeah, I'm just grateful that I, I paid attention to my body. Yeah, yeah. It's, um, it's one of those things that you felt the need to check and it's in that just I want to pull out that point, how important it is for us to listen, to listen to the voice, whatever we call that voice mm -hmm. and pay attention to our body um, and not shove it to the side. But listen, um, you know, because that can make the difference in catching it early or catching it later. So um, if you are you able to share if you if it passed into your lymph nodes or did you have any issues with that type of thing absolutely so um one of the things it had not spread to my lymph nodes so what happened in my journey i don't know if i call it unique um but my my surgeon so i went to see the surgeon first and he mapped out a plan um and in that plan, he said, because it's so large, what I want to do is it hasn't spread to your lymph nodes. So let's do chemo first and then we'll do surgery and we'll allow the chemo to shrink the tumors. Therefore, when I go in to do the lumpectomy, um, I don't have to take out as much tissue if mm -hmm. the chemo um, goes as planned. And so after the meeting with him, um, one of my girlfriends told me about her aunt who had gone through breast cancer, but she had gotten a holistic nurse coach. Um, well, I already had a holistic doctor. And one of the things I do want to talk about is that struggle, especially when you eat right and you work with holistic doctors and you have people around you that eat right. One of my biggest struggles was, should I do this journey holistically or should I do it traditionally? Mm -hmm. And it, that literally was a tug of war in my mind because, you know, we know that with chemo, it's basically poison that you're putting in your body. Yes. And the interesting thing was I could not get a hold of my holistic doctor for four weeks, which was like literally unheard of because I, I have a personal cell and I just was like, oh my God, why isn't she answering her phone? And she literally called me back the day before uh, I was supposed to start chemo. Oh, and, wow. And she had me talk with one of her patients who decided to do it holistically. But at that point, because I am a planner um, for a lot of things, I felt that even though I heard the story and I was encouraged, I had already had a plan in place because in my mind, I'm thinking, okay, I got cancer. He said, I need chemo immediately. And I need to get this journey started. Mm -hmm. um, and in my head, I felt like I didn't have time to wait to create a plan with my holistic doctor. And I literally cried about it because I wanted, in my head, I thought I wanted to do it holistically. But one of the things I realized about myself was I did not have the faith to do it holistically. Yeah. Oh, that's, that is a good, good point. Because I have I have seen the stories of people who 
you know, they wanted to go the holistic route and they did that. Some were successful and it took them a long time. It does take longer, I think, on that journey. Um, but you do need to have that faith. And I personally don't feel that I would have had that at that moment either to do that journey. Now, once going through the chemo, I felt like I don't think I would want to ever I know I don't ever want to do <laughs> do that again, <laughs> but it was just uh, because it is poison. It is in your body and it does, it feels, for me, my experience, it felt, I always felt dirty afterwards. I felt like I just could clean my mm. skin. I need to just clean my skin. And I would go through the process of, you know, detoxing basically that's what I felt God led me through the journey as far as how to respond to the treatment but this is not about me I really want to talk about how you did it um and um how you worked through that since you did go ahead with the chemo how do you feel um what were the steps that you took that helped you to get a positive response to the treatment so when I say my story was a little unique, what I decided to do was to combine the holistic approach with the traditional. And okay. so in working with the holistic uh, nurse coach, uh, what I the first thing she did was she had me go through a cleanse. And this is all while uh, I started a week before chemo. So she put me on this detox cleanse. Um, and then after that, she gave me, there was about 11 different natural herbs and supplements that I would take uh, while I was on the chemo journey. And so what was interesting was each week when I went in, my um, oncologists, they were just all shocked at my numbers. I didn't have nausea um, and a lot of things that I did lose my hair. That's a whole nother epic story, but, um, but I didn't have a lot of side effects that people typically have on my chemo cocktail. So a lot of people don't realize that everybody does not get the same type of chemo. Everybody has their own cocktail as they, as they call it. Um, mm -hmm. And for the most part, I, I felt okay. And people were looking at me like, okay, how do you have this much energy? Um, I did have my crash days, um, which was typically three days after um, I would get the chemo. Um, but after that, I think I also had something bigger to focus on, which was my organization, um, yeah. and giving back to the women. And as I was going through the journey, I was also doing like some Facebook lives with other women who had either been through the journey or were currently in the journey. Mm -hmm. um, so what I would say to the listeners is if you're diagnosed, uh, as my holistic doctor said, the cancer didn't come there overnight. And so we feel rushed to make these decisions versus taking the time to number one, digest what you've heard mm -hmm. and creating a plan and learning the right questions to ask your doctor. Because yes. my first meeting with the oncologist, like I heard maybe the first two sentences she said, and then it was kind of like that. Uh, the teacher on Snoopy was like, walk, 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 walk. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but even with that, I would also tell the listeners, when it comes to your doctors, when it comes to your body, 
like you said, we all call it something different. You know, your intuition, your gut feeling. I call it the Holy Spirit. Yes. I just did not um, get a good feeling about my first oncologist because she walked into the room. Um, I was the last appointment of the day. Just got this devastating news. Uh, she was referred to me as being one of the best. And she plopped down on the seat and she goes, Ooh, I'm tired and I'm so sorry you're not going to get the best of me today. Oh, wow. And <laughs> one of my girlfriends, of course, hindsight 2020, she was like, you should have just picked up your purse <laughs> and <laughs> walked out and said, I'm sorry, Did you won't get none of me. On her that day. <laughs> Oh, from that, from that point, I just, I don't know. I just did not feel good about it. And one of the things as women, we have to understand uh, just people in general, you're Mm -hmm. paying the doctor. So I need to pay a doctor that I feel comfortable with. Mm -hmm. And so I was about four treatments in and all of a sudden she switched the, the plan to put me on a chemo that was even more extreme. Mm. So now I'm I'm really concerned because now my Holy Spirit is sending off like these red signals like, okay, so alert, 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 something's not right. Mm-hmm. And so I said, well, okay, let me ask you this is, are the treatments not working? Um, like, why are we advancing to a stronger treatment? We haven't done an MRI. We haven't done another mammogram to see if what you're doing is working. And she couldn't explain that to me. And that for me sent off even more red signals that you could not clearly explain to me while you were pushing me to a uh, more stronger drug. Uh, Fast forward, I ended up getting a second opinion from another well-known doctor. And she says, I have no idea why she would want to put you on that path. She said that particular chemo drug is what we call the kitchen sink. That is what we give patients uh, when nothing else is working. So she sent me to get uh, an MRI and she sent me to get another mammogram. And what we found out during that was actually I asked the previous oncologist. I'm like, well, can we get a mammogram? I want to know what's going on. So I went, I got the mammogram. The new oncologist ordered an MRI. What we found out was one of the tumors was completely gone. Mm. The other tumor was half the size it was. So mm-hmm. the treatment she had me on was actually working. So uh, fast forward, uh, I go back to see my surgeon. I go, I get another mammogram, another MRI. They can't find neither. Both wow. tumors are completely gone. Um, but to uh, this interview, I also went vegan. And so I give credit to not just prayers, but definitely changing my diet because that was one of the first questions I asked. Well, do I need to change my diet? Do I need to speak with a nutritionist? And they go, oh, no, not at all. You'll be fine. Okay, so let's let's just stop there because you have given so many good nuggets right there. First of all. I want to pull out the fact of having, we have to be our own advocates in our health. Absolutely. We have to be willing to talk, ask the questions. We have to be willing to do our own research. Not that we are the doctors, but we need to have some type of information to be able to go into the doctor 
to be mm-hmm. able to have a conversation with them because you can pull out things from them when you know something to ask. Absolutely. Um, um, secondly, in following your intuition or your Holy Spirit, like I, I believe Holy Spirit as well, um, to get another doctor and having the confidence to do that. Because I think mm-hmm. that sometimes people are so afraid. They hear that word cancer. And one of my missions in life is to take the fear out of that word. Absolutely. We because you hear power. cancer and then you hear death. Like those, yes. that's, those are the two words you hear in your head. And that's what people see when they hear you have that. They see that. You know, even I don't know how people responded to you but when they hear that you can tell that's what they expect so you have to have your own faith your own belief Mm -hmm. that no this is not the end for me (laughs) and see your future ahead um yeah you you can pull through that you have to have all of those things in place to be able to pull through that type of diagnosis and that journey Well, what I will say is that, you know, no, it wasn't easy. So when I got that diagnosis that night, I went home and I sat in the bathtub, I don't know, two, three hours. And I cried my eyes out um, Mm -hmm. because, you know, we know the Proverbs say people perish because of the lack of knowledge. Mm -hmm. The only knowledge I had about cancer is what I had seen on TV because Mm -hmm. I hadn't had any friends or family that I knew personally and saw them walk through the journey. So in my head, all I saw was going bald, being fragile, vomiting, passing out. So that was my only reference to cancer. And so I I said in the tub ignorantly to God, I said, listen, I don't want to take my family through this. Now, remember, we're also right smack dead in the middle of the pandemic. The pandemic had just started. Uh, So all of my family was in Florida and I was there with only friends. And so I was like, God, I don't want to take my family through this. My children, I just just take me now. Like when I lay down tonight and and go to sleep, like just don't allow me to wake up in the morning because I don't want to take my family through this. Mm. Well, he didn't hear that. I woke up the next morning <laughs> and I was still here. Yeah. And I just said, okay, you know what, God, obviously you want me here. You want me to go through this. So let's, let's do it. Um, yeah. But one of the things I will say is that I had, I call them my dream team. I had friends around me and all of them were in different sectors, but one just happened to be a nurse. And one of the things they did not let me do, and I'm not a pity potty person to begin with, but they would not allow me to speak negative. Uh, They stayed on top of me with the things that the nurse, uh, the holistic nurse had given me to do. Uh, They also created a schedule. And my doctors say they've never seen this, but they, we got on a Zoom call. They created a schedule. Who was going to take me to my treatments? Who was going to bring dinner? who was going to help cook or clean, you know, and they always had a positive word to say, where I feel like if I had a came to Florida where my family was, I feel like they would have enabled me and babied me to hold on to this sickness, like stay in bed and don't cook and don't do this. You need to rest. And my friends did not, what's the correct word? They didn't coddle me. 
That you know, you just said, you just said a word there, Mika. I, I, mm -hmm. They didn't. They didn't allow you to hold on to that sickness. Mm -hmm. I think that that people have to understand. We cannot connect. It's it's almost like you don't embrace it. It's here and it's passing through. That's right. That is so good. That is so good. And then another thing that I also learned is even with friends, when, when you're praying with someone and you're touching and agreeing and believing, um, it's also the patient's will to live. Mm -hmm. And even though I spoke out of ignorance that night and I woke up the next day, I woke up the next day with the will to live. And, you know, oftentimes patients, and it's, it's hard. It's, it, I'm not going to say it was all a bed of roses, you know, there were hard days, but what I did was I literally changed everything that I was listening to, even on the radio, on my drives, I changed everything I watched was, I made sure that it was positive. And, and even though at that time, because I have two boys, I was into the action and the drama. I even changed that you know, mm -hmm. sort of like those sappy Hallmark shows and, you know, things that just had to do with love and life and living again. And every night before I went to bed, um, I would listen to John Hagee's healing scriptures yes. um, every night. And so I would literally change everything that was coming in through my ear gate and my eye gate, mm -hmm. um, along with having that circle of, of my dream team. Yeah. Yeah, that's so good. And it's it's just um, putting the right things in place. And I love that you had that team. Um, you know, a lot of women go through that and they don't have that. So that is such a treasure and a blessing. And um, maybe a way that they could teach others how to help. Because I think that sometimes people don't really know how to help you. They want to. Mm -hmm. but they don't really know what to do. So a lot of times people will stay away even because they just don't know what to say. I've had people reach out to me and say, I, you know, I didn't know what to say. Mm -hmm. I, I heard. Yeah. A lot of people say that, but yeah. here's the other part. My word for that year, even though I'm a friendly person. And like I told you at the beginning, I've never met a stranger. My word at the beginning of the year was being vulnerable, vulnerability. Mm -hmm. Wow. And like you said, a lot of people don't know what to do, but you as the patient also have to be vulnerable enough to ask for help. There. Yeah, there it so, is. So there were nights where I just did not feel good and I would ring the alarm and a friend would come over and just stay the night with me. And just her being there made me feel better. You know, because I didn't know all what was going on with my body and the side effects. And um, there were some nights I, I packed up my bag and I went over to a girlfriend's house and, you know, spent three, four days, sometimes a week, you know, just to to be vulnerable mm -hmm. and, and being bald. That's that's a whole other story in <laughs> itself. Oh, yes. yes. Being vulnerable, but loving the naked you. That's a whole other story, too. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot that we could probably unpack with all of those things. <laughs> but I want to also revisit as we start to wrap this up. It's just mm -hmm. coming back to the vegan. So you Absolutely. mentioned that you became vegan. At one point, I think I missed what point did you transition into a vegan diet? 
at the very beginning. Um, okay. So the first thing she did was she had me, um, she actually gave me a packet, which I really loved because I had something to follow. So I did the detox and then I went vegan. Um, and even prior to that, I was already very conscious about, you know, the soaps and the lotions and the deodorants. So I was going to the the health store to get some of these things prior to, which also helped along the way. Even, you know, she was like at least once or twice a week, take a bath and put lavender um, or essential oils in your bath. And um, so I went vegan. Um, I'm not going to say it was completely easy because I was at that time, I loved fish and shrimp. And, but I, I took all of that out of my diet. And like I said, I, I really believe that contributed to um, not only helping the chemo, but helping my body um, in the sense of a lot of foods that we eat have hormones in them. And mm -hmm. a lot of those hormones feed the cancer. Sugar feeds the cancer. But nobody, nobody on the traditional side of medicine told me that. Yeah. Um, it was my holistic doctor. So she put me on smoothies and then there were... Um, different things like chlorella that I had to put in my smoothies. And um, even even with my water, the the bottled water, um, even though I would have loved to go to the glass <laughs> bottled water, which was like $25 a gallon, um, she mm -hmm. said, if you can't afford to do that, make sure that you get local spring water. Um, because a lot of times we get the water that's been sitting in these warehouses and in these bottles um, for long periods of time. And there's chemicals now that have transferred into the bottled water. So now I only drink um, local bottled water. Okay. Even yeah, with um, my honey, you know, um, that I would use for my teas, I, um, she suggested to get local honey. Um, and as much as I could, anything that was locally grown. So I started going to the farmer's market um, that was, you know, right next to farms. And um, I really believe that that helped with my energy. Um, it helped with uh, to curve a lot of the side effects of chemo. And I think it helped my journey much faster. Wonderful. So is that something now, see, I didn't learn about vegan or transition until after I was cancer free. Um, so I'm glad to know that you did that through the journey because I always wondered how that would affect someone on, you know, chemo and doing that. Yeah, there, no, there were a few times where I, I did feel a little weak and I would grab uh, a salmon. Um, but one of the things I would do, I would either go to Whole Foods or Fresh Market uh, to get it to make sure it wasn't full of, you know, hormones or genetically modified or anything like that. Uh, so every blue moon, I would grab a salmon when I felt extremely, extremely weak. But for the most part, I, I felt so much better. Um, and like I said, a lot of things that we we eat, especially the meat, it 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 helps to grow cancer versus. Uh, diminish it yeah yeah and people don't want to understand don't want to hear that part but <laughs> don't want to hear that part because meat is such a central part of our diet it's such a focus in um 
you know, in culture now. So, but and then also living in Atlanta, it makes it easy to be vegan. Because when I tell you there are some restaurants that are absolutely amazing. But one of the things that I did do is um, I found a vegan chef. And for what she was charging, I got prep meals, which made it easier because all I had to do was heat it up. Um, and so that was something that also made the journey very easy. And then she was an amazing vegan chef. So I, I don't know what a lot of that stuff was. Like she would have like Salisbury steak and vegan mac and cheese. And well, she gave it those names, but it was it was actually not meat. But I don't know what she did to that stuff. And then, too, another thing I learned was uh, soy. I had to take uh, soy out of my diet as well. And so even with vegan, you have to ask questions because what I learned is a lot of vegan food is full of soy. Yes, there is a debate on that um, because I, I went without soy for a while because of the estrogen, they'd say it's has something with estrogen, but mm -hmm. the type of cancer that I had, it didn't, it wasn't driven by estrogen. So I, I still eat soy. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, I still eat soy too, but you know, when you're in, in it, you're just like, okay, I need to take out anything that's contributing. But like you said, um, mine wasn't estrogen driven, but I still took it out. And it also taught me to read labels. Up until that point, I had never read labels. Yeah. So there is soy in Oreo cookies and grape juice. I was like, are you kidding me? Grape juice. Wow. Grape I did not know that. Yes. Soy is almost in everything. And I just, I was like, okay, Oreo cookies, uh, which are also vegan, by the way, for yes. people. But uh, yeah, it has soy. Yeah, well, I didn't realize that the Orioles had the had the soy. You know, they were vegan, which has been uh, a challenge for me because I'm like, oh yeah, I love the sweets, I love the chocolate. Um, so that was a delight to learn that you know could have that little snack, but I do try to do it in moderation and not go overboard. This has been a wonderful time. I could talk uh, for a long time, but I don't want to keep you long. Um, I just appreciate you sharing. You've been so transparent and been willing to share so many things. Um, the only last question I want to ask is, have you continued in this vegan journey or have you worked yourself back into a pescatarian lifestyle? Or So for my... <laughs> birthday uh last last year i believe i felt like i deserved <laughs> to have whatever i wanted yeah and so now i have this uh this threesome <laughs> with vegan pescatarian and just eating regular and um so i'm slowly getting back now to being pescatarian because Here's the interesting thing. Um, on chemo, I gained weight. Okay. I've heard people say that. Yeah. I, yes. I gained 30 pounds on chemo, um, mm -hmm. which I know partially it was because in my particular chemo cocktail, they were giving me a steroid. Um, mm -hmm. I, 
I do know that. Um, but which was still odd because my mom was like, I've never seen anyone on chemo gain weight. Um, but I gained 30 pounds. And so now I am in this race to get back to being vegan and working out and eating healthy as I was prior to my diagnosis. Because after going through that journey, um, my body was like, well, we deserve, you know, to have what we want. Listen, <laughs> to celebrate. I, I relate to that so well because I literally would make a list of foods that I was going to eat once I was done with chemo because my, when I was on chemo, I, the taste, everything tasted bad. Mm. It just, it didn't matter. I would have in my mind, Oh, I'm going to go and get this fajita or whatever. And when I would eat that, it tasted horrible. That's and interesting. So, you say yeah. that because I thought it was maybe because of COVID because I was ordering a lot of food uh, to go um, I thought maybe because of COVID, they weren't using the right seasoning. And so now that you say that, that makes sense. None of the food that I really wanted tasted the same. Yeah, no, I would come off a of chemo. I'd leave a chemo appointment and I'd have in my mind, oh, I want to go get Jersey Mike's, not a paid advertisement, but I would go and get that and I would sit down to eat it and it just did not taste good. So I would fantasize about. <laughs> what I was going to eat <laughs> when I was done. And so because I wasn't vegan during, I can understand how you should have those moments of, yes, I'm going to eat what I want to eat because I haven't been able to eat those things, you know, and then just work into adopting the vegan lifestyle again. Honey, when I tell you I dived out of the vegan lifestyle. When I say completely out for my birthday, I kid you not, I had collard greens, mac and cheese, I had ribs. They had this amazing, they're not a sponsor, they're called Piece of Cake out of Atlanta, the best cake you will ever eat in your entire life. Uh, I had a big cake from there and I, of course I paid for it. <laughs> But I was like, I deserve. And yeah, that was that was a big mistake. So that makes me think of holiday. And I will wrap it up after this because I can talk a lot. <laughs> but um, I, I remember, and I think I've shared this before on the podcast, but I remember reading in a book by Russell Simmons. I don't know. This kind of dates me um, as far as reading his books. But he is a vegan and he talked about how he would have a holiday around the end of the year, probably the last quarter of the year, where he would just eat whatever he wanted to eat mm. and he was vegan for the rest of the year. This past holiday, I did think about that. I'm like, okay. <laughs> I miss, you know, I miss, it, it wasn't so much that I missed the food or that I wanted to eat the foods, but it, I miss what those foods represented. Mm. If that makes sense, you know, it, making the foods for my family, eating certain foods with my family. So, you know, I always teach people how it is an emotional connection that we have with food, not just, you know, just the taste, but actually the experience of it. That's interesting because you talked about fantasizing about different foods. And a lot of that fantasy, I believe, is connected to the experience that you 
the emotional attachment you had with that food. Well, here's yeah. a question for you. So with you going vegan, did your whole family go vegan? And how hard is that to either be the only vegan in the house or the family made the transition? Great question. Absolutely not. There is nobody <laughs> else in my family that's vegan. <laughs> Thankfully, I I have the advantage that I'm single. And so I don't have to worry about, and my kids are grown. I have mm-hmm. grandbabies, but my daughters are grown. And um, so I don't have that challenge of having other people in the household who eat differently than me. The challenge is when I connect with them, like if they come to visit or I go mm-hmm. to visit, then I you know, people try to fix something for me, but no, <laughs> just, just let me cook. Cause no. <laughs> so how do you do your holidays with family being vegan? Well, this actually, this past holiday was my first fully vegan holiday. And mm. so I actually took food with me and I, you know, I took my whole spread with me of what I was going to eat. I made for Thanksgiving. I made and my daughter, my youngest daughter and her and my grandchildren came. My two, she, I have a, well, I have a baby grandson. And then I have a granddaughter and an older grandson. The older grandson and the granddaughter came with their mom for Thanksgiving. And I fixed a fully Thanksgiving, vegan Thanksgiving. It went, they probably liked the macaroni and cheese. And that was probably it. The other foods, they weren't really digging it. So, um, you know, it was different. It was different. And then um, when I, for Christmas, I went to visit my family. My mom came, everybody was there. And I just took food with me. And they actually, a few tried some of my food. And I that made me feel so good. It, it made me feel good because it made me feel like they were at least trying to understand what I was doing. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, still very adamant. I'm not eating it. I'm not doing this. I'm not changing this. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not. So, you know, there's a lot of people have the challenge of, we have lived our whole life eating meat. Our mm-hmm. lives are centered around meat. Um, meat is a finite, it's like a state of wealth, really. It was something that when you grew up and you could afford meat, it was a status symbol. So go without it is very, very different. You know, people, there's so many things that people connect eating meat with. And I truly understand. I truly understand. But when you start to learn the health benefits of not eating it, then and and you allow that to really get into your your heart and your mind, then you it's easier to let it go. It was interesting because my um quite a few of my girlfriends watched the documentary What the Health. Mm-hmm. And I remember because uh, Atlanta is known for their brunches. Everybody brunch. I never I don't think I've ever been to brunch before moving to Atlanta, but I was at brunch and my girlfriend for about the fifth time, um, I ordered bacon and she was just like, if you watched what the hell, you would not be putting that in your mouth. And so <laughs> that is what, after watching that documentary, that is what pushed me 
to go pescatarian um, Mm -hmm. before the chemo. Um, Mm -hmm. And it's definitely eye-opening. And, you know, I think it's something everybody should watch because even though, like, if we go biblical days, the Bible says that God says, don't, don't call anything I made cursed. Well, nothing that he made was, was cursed. It's just now when you fast forward, what they're doing to these animals and um, the genetically modified and all this other stuff, our bodies weren't meant to digest these chemicals. And I think, um, once again, those who get diagnosed or uh, that are currently going through it, just I would say to do your research um, on a lot of the stuff that we're putting in our mouth that um, is causing our bodies uh, these issues. Yes, that that was the whole podcast. If you don't hear anything else that was discussed (laughs) today. Then that was the whole podcast. That that was beautiful, a beautiful way to end this. And thank you so much, Mika. I love talking to you. I hope that we connect again. I Absolutely. Hope that- yes. And I wish you all the best in your future journey in wellness and health and prosperity and all the things. Absolutely. The- I appreciate it. And um uh, Sisterhood University starts back in the fall, and we would love to have you come on to kind of talk about um, going vegan, the vegan journey, the benefits, and and all of that good stuff. But we'll talk. We'll talk later. Okay. Um, thank you. I would be happy to do so. All right. Thank you so much. All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to the Grown and Vegan Life podcast. For more great content, visit grownandvegan.com. If you are interested in changing to a vegan lifestyle but don't know where to start, check out the grownandvegan.com shop tab and take my beginner vegan course. Or if you are past the beginner phase and are ready to take your journey farther, schedule a coaching session with me. Be sure to tune in next week for another episode.